When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Sports for CLE. I'm Mac Robinson in for Dave Bacon. A little bit of a preview there of what we saw earlier today from Cleveland Browns training camp. And we'll get into that here in a little bit with Cameron Justice. But before we get into that, let's get into some of the storylines from today. Big headline, Josh Allen, Buffalo Bills quarterback, gets his extension. First of the three 2018 quarterbacks, first domino down as Josh Allen gets six years $258 million, 150 of that guaranteed. And so one of the biggest signings for quarterbacks, at least outside of Pat Mahomes, when it comes to the big number, but most guaranteed money that we've seen for a NFL quarterback. Along with that, we also saw some of the injuries, some of the players that were held out of practice today. Uh, those, let me go through the laundry list here. We have Ronnie Harrison, uh, safety Grant Delpit. Who was out with his Achilles injury. He's still coming back. Uh, Anthony Walker, again, still dealing with that knee injury. Uh, Montreal Meander, the safety, dealing with a leg injury. Anthony Schwartz still coming along from that hamstring injury as well. Tony Fields still dealing with his foot. And Tack McKinley was excused for personal reasons. And Jarvis Landry had a personal day off uh, from uh, training camp earlier today. And another storyline that we saw was Mac Wilson, who came out and talked about last year, his struggles coming back from injury and his disappointing play last year led to him almost quitting and almost retiring from football. But with the big news of the day, the Josh Allen extension, let's bring in WEWS Channel 5 digital content producer Cameron Justice. And Cameron, you know, Josh Allen securing the bag, getting the money, getting his extension. Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, those extensions are looming. What were your reactions and, you know, what was your thoughts seeing Josh Allen getting that huge extension? I mean, the first initial thought is this is where the market is. That sets the bar right there. The market has been reset. Uh, and Josh Allen's contract right there, that's going to lay the groundwork for these other quarterback extensions like Baker Mayfield here in Cleveland, like Lamar Jackson. And I think that's a it's a really big thing to look out for because that was a very large contract. I think it's a lot more than a lot of Browns fans maybe expected. Um, Baker Mayfield to get paid, but if he's up there in the ranks with them and his contract's going to be mirrored to Josh Allen's and, and, and similar to that, 
then that number goes up a little bit. And by a little bit, I mean a lot of it. And it's a lot of money <laughs> that you're going to end up paying. So it kind of puts everything in perspective a little bit. Like, you know, the Browns have got to figure out their financial situation because that extension is looming. And, and the longer you wait, now you, you risk the market going even higher uh, when Lamar Jackson hits that deal. And, you know, it, it goes to the point of, do you sign your quarterbacks early? Do you wait to see? And I, I think this might be a, a lesson to other teams and other and other uh, positions that are looking to get their extensions. It's probably better late than never with all these this media uh, payroll rate going up. These these numbers are going to keep rising, and you're going to end up paying your players a lot of money. Yeah, and you mentioned that too. Dak Prescott was one who got paid earlier this offseason, four years, $160 million. So you're looking at that $40 million number per season. And now Josh Allen, 43 per season. If you're the Browns, do you sign him sooner rather than later at this point when it comes to Baker Mayfield to try to limit some of that that you're going to end up seeing from the, you know, the overall number standpoint from the other teams that you're seeing from these extensions? I think that's a way to go about it. I think that's definitely... Uh, something that you can take into consideration is if you do make that signing and you do make that extension sooner, then you don't have to worry about the market getting even higher than than it is right now. But I do think it also plays into those conversations that they're having with Baker's agent, and and that it all comes down to you know where they stand and what they're thinking. If if his agent and his team is more along the lines of evaluating the market uh, from the outside standpoint and and kind of asking what they want for Baker in relation to the contracts of, we'll say Josh Allen in this situation. If those are the kind of conversations, then yes, you do want to do that sooner than later because it will just continue to rise. But if it's more along the lines of, you know, if, they're, if they're not really paying attention to that, which is hard to imagine that they're not, but if they're not paying attention to that, then I think that you have a little bit more leeway uh, if it's in, in the negotiation process. I think you can wait a little bit uh, if it's not super heavily reliant on that outside market. But I do think that it does play a big role in it. And for me, looking at it, uh, I, I do think sooner is probably better than later. <laughs> and so changing perspective from the future of Baker Mayfield to the current day, you know, you've been at training camp. You were there earlier today. You know, what have your observations been uh, throughout training camp, not just with Baker, but with the rest of the team? Things are going well so far. I mean, they're they're winning training camp, I guess. Like all <laughs> these guys that you expected to come out and do well uh, are doing that and some. Baker Mayfield, uh, he's been spot on, I would say, 90% of training camp, if not more. He's out here throwing lasers and darts and it just like directly hitting these guys with the numbers. He's got a deep pass today. It just I just actually shared the video. It was uh, an incredible pass to Donovan Peoples-Jones. Just perfect drop down. And these are the things you like to see out of Baker Mayfield. Just, yeah, it's training camp, and yes, we're early into it. But getting that chemistry going and getting that connection, I think, is really, really important. And really good to see out there. And then, again, with Donovan Peoples-Jones, he has been the star of training camp. There is no question about that. He is everywhere. Where the ball is, he is. He finds it. It's like a magnet to him. He catches. He comes down with it almost every single time. And then, as Kevin Stefanski said today, they talked about the presence he has on special teams. And that's where he's going to find himself, you know, really making an impact on this team. Clearly, he's fighting for that wide receiver three position and, honestly, maybe a wide receiver two position. And he 
I've said this before. I think that he might be the future of that wide receiver room. He's got so much promise. He's very young and very talented, and he just keeps impressing. Um, but he's, you know, he's out here. He's delivering on special teams. He's a kick returner. He's covering kicks. He's doing it all, and he's doing looking really, really good while doing it. Uh, and then you've got other guys like Mac Wilson who talked today, and he's been very impressive. Had an interception. Uh, he has been all over covering well and just he came into camp in great shape and I think that's the takeaway with all of these guys everybody came into camp ready to get to work prepared no one came in out of shape uh no one came in not ready even you know the situation with Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa where he was out for the first 10 days uh on that COVID list he wasn't just out and waiting to come back. He was doing virtual meetings. He was doing virtual practices. He was digging through that playbook and just learning everything he could so that when he came out on the field, he could be ready. And that's kind of the takeaway here at Brown's training camp in 2021 is everybody is ready to get to work and show that this is the year that they take it to the next step. Now, we'll be talking a little bit later about Donovan Peoples-Jones coming up later in the show, but... You know, you mentioned Mac Wilson, and he came out earlier today. People were, you know, talking about that Patrick Mahomes situation in that uh, divisional game, but he came out uh, earlier today and said this about the entire situation. Yeah, I, um, I reached out to him on Twitter, obviously, after it happened. You know, clear that I made sure that he was okay. And, um, you know, what his mom said, I really, you know, didn't pay too much attention to it um, because at the end of the day, she's a mother, she's going check her son just like, you know, anybody else mother would. But as long as, you know, Patrick was cool, you know, I was cool, and, you know, we changed words, and I was happy that he was able to come back and play in the next uh, playoff. You know, with Mac Wilson, you know, reaching out to Mahomes, do you think that this really doesn't play much of a much of a factor going into that week one? Obviously, there's a lot of storylines going in there regardless, but I, I feel like this kind of checks one off that we don't need to ha have uh, worried about going into week one. Yeah, I would say so. I think that I think it was very well known in the heat of the moment. Obviously, you know things are said and opinions are had, and then once you get down to it, after you know the dust settles, then you can really reevaluate re it. And I think that's what happened with Mac Wilson and Patrick Holmes. I think it was more of, hey, I, obviously you weren't trying to hurt me, kind of thing. Mac Wilson reached out, apologized, and that's really what it's all about. It's just good sportsmanship and and knowing that you know what I, I might have messed up a little bit, not intentionally, but. You know, he, he hated that that happened, and he went out and was the bigger person and, and apologized, and I think that's really important. And I do think that storyline isn't much of a storyline anymore. I think the bigger storyline is, you know, they were in the playoffs, they won a playoff game, and they were right there, and, you know, a couple plays gone their way, and the Browns could have had that one. And it's, uh, I think that's probably the bigger storyline here is, is the Browns getting past them because they're going to be a challenge no matter where they face them. If they make the playoffs, they make the postseason, the Chiefs are the team that you're going to have to go through. That's going to be, I think, the biggest challenge. And so that's the storyline is you played them once and you didn't, you didn't quite go your way. So now you take that, you evaluate what you were able to do and what you weren't able to do, and you try to take that next step against them. And it's going to be a very, very interesting thing to see in week one of how they respond to that and how they look. But as I said this before, I don't think that you can put a lot of stock into how you know, week one plays out, win or lose for the Browns, I don't think that shapes how they would play each other in the playoffs and in the postseason. I think it would be a whole different animal, and it's going to be a whole different matchup. Definitely one you want to see, and I know Browns fans are keeping their fingers crossed that it actually happens and they get there. Uh, 
because they were close last year. They were very close last year. And I know that they are just chomping at the bit to get even further this year. Cameron and I are going to take a quick timeout. When we come back, we're going to be talking about where pro football focus has the Cleveland Browns offense heading into 2021, and which national uh, pundit thinks that the Browns might be a little overrated on offense. You'll hear that all coming up next on Sports for CLE. Stay with us. Life is getting back on track, and you can too. If you or your family have experienced financial hardship as a result of COVID-19, Tri-C can help with tuition assistance. Safely get the in-demand degree or training you need with online and on-campus classes. Go to tri-c.edu to check out our programs and resources. So, what are you waiting for? Register now for fall classes. Tri-C is where futures begin. When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line. A long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just the mattress store. Experience an original, the Original Mattress Factory. Sports for CLE. I'm Mac Robinson, and Pro Football Focus put out their top tiers for the offenses, and they had the Cleveland Browns. Up in the number one tier, you have the Kansas City Chiefs, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Green Bay Packers, Buffalo Bills, and the Cleveland Browns in the mix. Let's bring in uh, WEWS digital content producer, Channel 5's own Cameron Justice. And Cameron, you know, initial reaction. Seeing the Cleveland Browns up there with the with all four teams that were in the conference championships last year in terms of offense. Yeah, I mean it's impressive and it's incredible, but it should be expected after what we saw uh, last year. You know, they had a great outing. They made it to the playoffs. They had their first playoff win. So this is what you expect. But it is insane to see. You know, when you when you see these releases and you're seeing how you know national outlets rank the Browns, it's always strange to see them near the top you don't ever expect it uh so that that puts a lot of pressure on them though it puts a lot of pressure on the browns i don't know if they're uh if they if they like that or not i i, I would i would think they don't because you know the chip on the shoulder kind of thing but <laughs> you know it is good to see them get the credit that they deserve for the work they've put in uh and i think that if if you were ranking it here in cleveland they'd probably be number one ranked you know how we you know how cleveland <laughs> sees their team here <laughs> Oh, of course. But, I mean, hey, you talk about the chip on the shoulder. Chris Broussard of uh, Undisputed decided to, you know, 
throw a little bit of the chip on the shoulder for them at this point. Let's hear what he had to say and why he doesn't think that the Browns should be in that top tier. Cleveland is the question mark. We haven't seen them do it. They're the one team in this tier that doesn't have a tier one quarterback, right? Baker was different with OBJ. I think he'll be able to play well with OBJ this year. He will now. But that team, that offense only averaged, that offense only averaged 25 points a game last year. That was middle of the pack. That offense only scored 10 points against Houston. And they had several other 22 points against Philadelphia. They had several other games where they didn't 16 points against the New York Jets. And this was late in the season when they were clicking. All right, so I, while I like Cleveland, they're my pick in that division slightly over Baltimore, but I would like to exchange them in this tier for Tennessee. Yeah, no, no, I'm sorry, no. And to, to take away from his, middling, middling. Like, I understand the 25 points a game, I get that. But if you take from that Tennessee Titans game, again, the offense that he said was, you know, phenomenal and should be up there for the Browns instead, you know, you take those final seven games, including the playoffs, they averaged just shy of 30 points a game. And that Jets game that he brought up, they had four guys that they literally pulled off the street the day before. And so if you take that out there, they averaged 32 points a game. So, I mean, Cameron, I listen to what he says. I understand what he's getting at, but I'm just not buying it. I'm just not buying it with this offense. I mean, I, again, yeah, like he said, I mean, I get the point that he's trying to make, and I get where you might want to put them a little bit lower if you're looking on the outside. But to, I think he, his point kind of got lost when he tried to substitute it with the Tennessee Titans. Um, not really sure how that one plays out there. Look, you've got the Browns, and they had to gel last year. And once they were on, they were on. But if you're looking at the talent and you're looking at what they are potentially able to do, you have to look at the Browns roster and you have to look at the talent on board. You got the wide receiver room with Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham Jr., who has rehabbed like crazy to get back to show that he is still an elite presence in the wide receiver room. But then you also have these guys fighting out for wide receiver three. You've got Donovan Peoples-Jones on your roster. You've got Kadero Hodge on your roster, who has been clutch for the Browns. And you've got these new guys like Anthony Schwartz is a burner out there, and he'll just beat you every single time. So that wide receiver room is stacked with talent. And then you've got the best backfield in the NFL in Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And that's just unbelievable. Uh, you know, when you're looking at the other, other teams across the league and you think that you've got Nick Chubb, you've got two of the top possibly five running backs in the league on the same team in the same backfield and then supplement that with another wide receiver running back duo and Demetric Felton who has been great at camp and has a lot of potential here and so there you go there's your offense there and then you have the tight end group and you've got Austin Hooper ready to be dominant he wasn't happy with his performance last season but he's ready to show up here David and Joku looking to have a big season you've got all of these guys and all of this talent and all of these different offensive position groups and the most important thing is that offensive line is so strong and all returning you've got Joel Batonio Jack Conklin JC Treader you've got Wyatt Teller who is a top guard who showed up and showed out last year and then you've got Jedrick Wills who impressed his rookie year had a bigger year than anyone I think probably thought that he could and now he's ready to go again he's ready for a second year and then you've got the guys coming in like Nick Harris and so that offensive line is so strong there's so much talent across that offensive board. And then to insult Baker Mayfield and say that he is not a, you know, a tier one quarterback, 
I think that's kind of giving him a discredit. You've got to wait until you see this year. He's due for this big extension. He did great last season. Under the circumstances, too, of going through all of these different coaches. So the challenge for him now is this year. And I think you can't make that assessment until this year. This is the year that you really get to see Baker Mayfield shine. He had to prove himself last year. And now he has to solidify that this year with Kevin Stefanski returning, the same offense, the same offensive weapons. And so before that happens, I think it's very strange to be so down on them and so down on him and to discredit the entire offense and the incredible talent that is across the roster on the offense. It's just, it's a strange take in my opinion, but (laughs) you know, let Chris have whatever opinion he has. We're, we're not out here to judge. That's his opinion, and he can hold it. But I, I just I don't agree with it. Right. And you know what? You, you're absolutely right. He can have an opinion. It might be a wrong one, but it's okay to have one. Everybody has one. So, um, But, Cameron, I wanted to get your reaction to this, too, because I know you have a piece up on, uh, on WWS uh, on your website. Um, but Greedy Williams, Kevin Stefanski, they spoke about Diamond Peoples-Jones uh, earlier today, and this is what they had to say about the young receiver. Oh yeah, he having he having a great camp, uh, catching a lot of uh, contested balls, and you know, uh, got great great releases and things like that. So you know, DPJ is one of those guys. You know, we definitely depend on him. He's done a nice job. I mean, he's uh, physically when he showed up on campus here, he was ready to roll and, and looked great. Worked very hard in the off season, been productive and cracked the balls are him. And then probably the most impressive thing made is special teams, running around, returning kicks, covering kicks. So he's a, he's an all-day guy right now. Yeah, and, you know, you can hear the train in the background. I think that's a, that's everybody getting on board right now when it comes to his stock. So, Cameron, you know, your story, you talk about how he's learned to be a pro from Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry. You know, it really seems like he's really coming on, onto his own, you know, here early on in training camp. This is his camp. I mean, he is owning this camp. He is a fan favorite out here. Anytime that ball goes in his direction, the fans go wild. Every time he catches it, they get him even crazier. Uh, And that's quite often here. He has done a phenomenal job through camp. He is in great shape. He's fast. He's strong. He's present. He is all over that field. And I do think, I mean, he's, he said, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry taught him so much. He taught him how to be a pro. And there's too many things, he said, there's too many things that they have taught him to list. It would be too long of a list for him to <laughs> get into. But that just shows how much they're working with him and he's looking to learn. Uh, and, you know, his focus, he said, was practicing and training. That was his whole offseason, was just focusing on training, trying to be the best player he can be. And he wants to do it all. He praised his own versatility and and for good reason he's able to do so much for this Browns team and you know not just on offense we know that he is an explosive wide receiver and he's already got great connection and chemistry with Baker Mayfield but as Kevin Stefanski said today that special teams presence that he provides the ability to kick return the ability to cover kicks that is what sets him apart here, I think, at camp. And you're seeing him all over. He is playing in every situation that he can get his hands on, everywhere that he can be, he's there. And he's just trying to be a presence. And that's huge. He's This is his second year. He had an impressive rookie year. But this is his, just his second year. And he's already doing big things out here in camp. And he's been one to watch. 
I said it earlier before training camp started. I think that he is one of the most talented young players on the Cleveland Browns. And I'm excited to see where he goes. And I think a lot of Browns fans are excited to see how much more he can do because what he was able to do in a limited role last season can only get bigger this year. And I think it's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out for him. Cameron and I are going to step aside, take a timeout. When we come back, Pro Football Focus release where they have the Browns defense, and we'll be talking about where they are there, as well as some thoughts from the from one of the newest Cleveland Browns on the defense and where it stacks up in his career. Sports for CLE will be right back after this. For CLE, I'm Mac Robinson. Pro Football Focus released their tiers for defense. Now, granted, in Tier 1, you have the uh, L.A. Rams, Super Bowl champion Buccaneers, the Pittsburgh Steelers, I disagree with that a little bit, but the Denver Broncos, Washington football team, Baltimore Ravens, and then in Tier 2, you have the Saints, 49ers, Colts, Packers, Patriots, and your Cleveland Browns. To talk about that, let's bring in WEWS Channel 5 digital content producer Cameron Justice. And Cameron, you know, we've had this remade defense. I understand we haven't quite seen it yet, but already getting that national love from pro football focus for those defensive additions heading into training camp. What have you been able to see so far? I mean, it's looking good on paper and so far so good in training camp. You've got Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney, those bookends that everyone's been dying to see together. They have been explosive. Jadavian Clowney is just right. They're just there. They are quarterback nightmare. And they're going up against Baker Mayfield. And you've got to be glad that they are not on the opposing team. And they're not actually going to go against Baker Mayfield this season because they are getting in there. And that's against one of the strongest offensive lines. They're being dominant. And I think that's really, really important to see. And they're, they're on the outside, right? But you got the inside guys, too. There's a big question mark there of who's going to start and who are they going to do because you know, you lost Sheldon Richardson and you lost Larry Ogunjobi, but you've now got some new guys in here and you've got the Malik Jackson. You've got Tommy Togiai as a rookie coming in here and a plethora of other guys out that, that you, you brought in from the offseason and free agency and in the draft. And so that defensive line, it's relatively new, but a lot of talent. Uh, and then, you know, you've got the, the question marks in the backfield. You've got the, the defensive backs and, you know, you, you got a whole new defense across the board really but the linebacker position battle will be an interesting one to watch we talked to greedy uh williams the cornerback position is going to be another one and you know and th those are the battles that although you know it's going to be a tough competition andrew barry has said he loves his cornerbacks kevin stefanski said there's going to going to be a lot of cornerbacks on this team they need a lot they need the depth so all of those additions are going to be interesting to see but talent across the board there are so many new guys but so much talent and i i think 
to get that love already is based off of the roster. I don't think – I think they have the potential to move up a tier uh, if what their talent on paper is produces and translates on the field this season. But right now I think that's a good spot for them to be in because they're getting recognized for the talent they added, the guys that they have on the defensive roster. And then as the regular season approaches, I think you might see that step it up a little bit if they're able to perform the way that they should talent-wise and on paper. Now, linebacker Mac Wilson spoke earlier today, and he had this to say about those defensive additions overall on this team. Uh, I was I was extremely happy, you know, with all the guys that we brought in, you know, on both sides of the ball, and um, especially with the guys we brought in on defense. It was it was big, it was huge, you know. Um, that goes back to uh, Davion, John, Troy, AOK, Tony, Tack. Um, Tommy, all those guys like that, uh, those were huge pieces for us. And, you know, it definitely um, create a competitive atmosphere you know, in this organization. And, you know, we just going to continue to keep working, having fun every day, keep putting this team together. This, this game is competitive in general. And you know, I feel like that's what the front office acknowledged. And um, they did a great job with, you know, putting guys together uh, that's going to compete and bring the best out of each other. That's what we've been doing so far. Now, Cameron, do you think that that competition, you mentioned all the different position battles, you think that competition's going to end up, you know, driving up the talent level overall of this roster? Absolutely. They say it all the time, iron sharpens iron. I think having all of those guys compete against each other is going to be huge for the Browns' defense and really big for how they perform because, yes, they're a team and they're bonding and they've made that very clear that, you know, they're trying to establish these bonds and trying, trying to stay close. But at the same time, they know that their jobs are on the line, really, and they're they're fighting it out. And so I think that having those position battles with so much talent, you know, it's, it's going to be tough to separate, which makes it even more important for them to produce at camp and in these preseason games. And it's going to be very, very exciting to see. I think you're going to have a lot of uh, – big plays, explosive plays, and you're going to hear a lot about individual players who step it up here and there. When they find their moment, they're going to take advantage of it because, you know, there's only so many roster spots on this 53-man roster. The cuts are going to come soon. And so if you want a spot on this team, and let me tell you, Cleveland and the Cleveland Browns are a destination spot now for players in the NFL, and they want to be on this team. They want to be a part of this because they think that this is something special. And so, yes, I do think that uh, it's going to get intense, because nobody wants to get cut. Everybody wants that starting job, and everybody wants a spot on this roster because this is a team to play for, and this is a season to be a part of this. Because they, As they said, Jarvis Landry said it early into camp, he thinks there's something special here. This is one of the most talented teams that he's played for. There's a lot of guys that are looking to take this to the next level, and I think it's going to be very, very interesting to see how they played out and in these position battles here through training camp and through the preseason. Now, you mentioned you know, the additions. Uh, Jadavian Clowney spoke earlier today about the talent level of this team and how it stacks up to some of the teams that he's played for in the past. I think that's probably one of the talented teams. Like the one I had in Houston with the defense we had with Tyron and, and, and Jack and, and J. Joe and A.J. Boyer out there corner. Like all them guys, this is what it reminds me of our secondary. Smart, fast, they play man coverage real good. It's just about the front just getting out the quarterback and letting them guys lock up on the back end. We should be okay. 
Yeah, and you know, him mentioning that defense, especially those, the secondary being smart, and then on top of that, you know, the defensive line just getting after the quarterback. Do you think that, you know, the versatility on this defense is going to be able to open up for those guys up front? That's going to be the biggest thing, I think, for the Browns, and I think they're very excited about it. And that was a very big, important, that was a key part of this offseason is signing free agents and drafting guys who are versatile. You've got that across the board. You've got that in Jeremiah Wusukoromoa, and he is, you know, he's a hybrid player, but you have versatility in Greg Newsom, who you drafted. You've got versatility across the board. You've got Jadavian Clowney versatile, can move inside. And so that's going to be a very, very big part of the secondary and the Browns defensive line is being able to do so much, being able to be plugged in, played in the slot, no matter where you're at, you know that they're going to perform. Not a, didn't even mention Troy Hill playing inside and being able to play outside <laughs> too. It's just across the board, everyone has roles and everyone has multiple roles because of that versatility. So I think that does open up a lot of different things. And I think probably the most excited, the Browns defensive coaching staff has to be so excited to be able to get different looks throw out different things that they weren't maybe able to do last season with a limited roster and a lot of injuries across the board, not a lot of depth. You've got a lot of options now, and Joe Woods has to be so excited to see these guys out here and being able to use them in so many different ways. I think that's going to open up things a lot for the defense, and it's going to make them very competitive, and it's going to be a challenge for a lot of teams. Now, Clowney also spoke about his potential on this off or on this defense, excuse me, coming into 2021. I don't know, I just got to wait to see. I don't know, I don't think I reached my potential. Yeah, I still be saying that, but every time I get going, I get hurt, something happened, and I have to fall back or take something off. But hopefully this year, just keep going up and keep getting better. You know, for Jadavian Clowney, you know, we've been looking for that second pass rusher to Miles Garrett. Seems like the Browns might have found that heading into 2021 in Jadavian Clowney. He's all over the field. He's, he wants in there. He wants to be <laughs> right next to Miles Garrett. He wants the, them to be the two top defensive players. And he said it too. Uh, in that press conference when we were talking to him, he said that, you know, he's having a lot of fun. And he has fun because he's healthy. And he said, when you're healthy, you have fun. He is out there. He's feeling good. I, he says this is the best offseason he's ever had in terms of being able to get on board with the team and be able to work through it and be healthy. And so that's a really big thing for him going into this season is this is his healthiest in a very long time. And so, you know, when you pair that with you know, you're the guy on one end, but then you have Miles Garrett on your other end, that's incredible for that defense. And it's incredible for him. And I know that he's very excited about it to be able to show off that he still has it and to show off that, he is healthy and he's ready to go and he's come to camp prepared. He had a good offseason rehabbing and he's he's feeling it. I think it's really, really important. And I think that you're going to see that a lot. And not only are they going to be happy on the defensive line, but because you've got Miles Garrett and you've got Jadavion Clowney ready, healthy, going inside, putting pressure on that quarterback, they're going to have a much easier job in a secondary. Those linebackers, those safety, they're going to have a lot of you know leeway there and not a lot less pressure on them if they're able to, you know, get into the quarterback the way that they want to and the way they're looking like they're getting to in these drills uh, and these these teams, the seven-on-sevens, the way they're forcing themselves in there, 
it's looking pretty good. It's looking pretty good so far. But it's training camp, so, you know, everyone's going to be like, oh, it's training camp. But they look good so far. So, you know, you've got to give them some kind of credit there, right? Well, hey, you you hope that they look good, at least in training camp. We, we've had it the other way in the past. But Cameron and I are going to take a timeout. When we come back, we're going to be hearing from a national pundit who is talking about who's under more pressure for the Cleveland Browns in 2021 and getting in those Madden 22 rankings coming right up after this. I'm Mac Robinson, and earlier today on ESPN's Get Up, Damian Woody spoke about who's under more pressure in 2021, Baker Mayfield or Odell Beckham. Here's what he said. Oh, it's Odell, because we saw what happened with Baker Mayfield after Odell got hurt. He took the Browns deep into the postseason. So I think I think uh, Baker Mayfield is feeling a lot more comfortable um, coming into year two of Kevin Stefanski's system. And I think it's an incumbent upon Odell to kind of work himself back into the mix because we saw what Cleveland did in, in the postseason. This team is still predicated by the two backs that they have in the, in, in the backfield uh, with, with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, and they got guys on the outside that, you know, that can go out there and make plays. So to me, Odell Beckham Jr. is a, is a luxury piece in this situation. If he comes back healthy, he'll add a different dynamic to the passing game that the Cleveland Browns didn't, ha didn't have last year. I think it's a fair point, but let's bring in Cameron Justice, WWS Channel 5's digital content producer. And Cameron, you know, it seems like Odell obviously is coming into camp, you know, under that pressure to produce with Baker Mayfield. But I feel like it's a little bit easier on him given the other weapons around him. And, you know, it seems like the pressure's a little bit off of him, to be honest. Yeah, I don't think the pressure from the team and from the outside even is as strong as, you know, you would think. I don't think that's what, the pressure is less on Odell and more on Baker Mayfield in that sense. But I think the pressure that he's putting on himself is probably a little bit higher than anybody else because, you know, he had to deal with the sound from the outside. And as much as, you know, they have been very good about coaching up the players and telling them, don't listen to the outside noise. Don't worry about that. He hears it. He sees it. He like He's very present on social media and he knows what has been said about him and he knows what's being said nationally about him uh, and that that narrative that the Browns are better without Odell Beckham Jr. on the field. And so I think that probably puts a little bit more pressure on him personally. I think the pressure that he's going to apply to himself this season is going to be higher than anyone else on the outside or anybody, uh, you know, in the organization putting pressure on him in that sense. So uh, when it comes down to outside noise and outside pressure from the team and from fans and from, you know, just the national outlet and everybody watching. I think the pressure is probably more on Baker Mayfield, but I think that Odell probably is putting more pressure on himself than maybe Baker Mayfield is. I think Baker Mayfield has that confidence level that he's, that he was able to gain throughout the season. And he's going to take that into this season. Whereas Odell 
started catching his stride and him and Baker started to have some chemistry there down the stretch, but then he was taken out with injury. So I think that's kind of something that a hurdle that he's going to have to get over. Um, so pressure wise, probably, probably more on uh, Odell from himself than anything else. Now, Madden 22, it's coming out here in a couple weeks, and we've seen slowly but surely more and more ratings coming out. It's been you know, causing a little bit of controversy, but a little bit of fun earlier today uh, where we saw the Browns uh, guard, Wyatt Teller, he actually spoke uh, and reacted to, in particular, his catch rating uh, earlier today. Uh, give, it a, give it a listen. So you have a lot of strengths and high ratings, but what do you think your catching rating is? Well, I actually have a catch in the NFL, so it better be higher than Joel's is what I'm saying. <laughs> um, 70. No, cut that like in half. 35? No, 36. <laughs> oh, no, come on, man. You gotta make a couple more catches this year. Uh, and you'll there, get was up a, there. there was a game, Steelers game, I think it was two years ago, and there was a betting line that Jarvis would, if someone put my name down, they would have made $100,000 because I had the first catch in the game. Now, I didn't get any yards. I kind of went backwards into the sideline trying to get out of there, but I caught the ball. A catch is a catch, in my book, at this least. This is BS. <laughs> now, Cameron, I mean, I, I love Wyatt Teller, and I love the personality, but, I mean, for him, you just love to see that out of your out of your guard. He's so, listen. I think Wyatt Teller's probably the happiest guy on this team. <laughs> he's so excited to be out here. And, you know, he's he's a fun guy. He's He, he loves Cleveland. He wants to be in Cleveland. And he, he's been very, very good about bonding with his offensive line. And they were getting together all offseason, working out, just really getting to know each other and, and become buddies. And they're looking forward to doing that even more and having their O-line dinners again. And, you know, I think that – I think that he probably should have got a higher rating. Let's be fair. Like, we're gonna, he had a catch, right? He was right. That oh, was yeah. a good point that he made. And also, you got to give it to him. He's a good guy. You just like help him out there with the ratings. Shame on Madden for ranking him so low. You know what? We say it every year. We say it every year. You, you got you to gotta up the rankings there. Come on, Madden. Come on. It's in the game. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Cameron Justice, WWS Channel 5 digital content producer. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. It was a blast. All right, we're going to take a quick timeout. When we come back, Yahoo Sports' Eric Edholm going to be joining me to talk about the NFL perspective of the Cleveland Browns and what to expect from some of these rookies and young players on this roster. Sports for CLE will be right back. Stay with us. Life is getting back on track, and so is the job market. Be ready with the training you'll need to get a great job. If you or your family has experienced financial hardship as a result of COVID-19, try Seek and Help with tuition assistance. Whether you want to improve your skills, get certified, or train for a new career, go to try-c.edu to check out our programs and resources. Register now for online and on-campus classes. Try-C is where futures begin. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education program recognizes role model students and teachers from across Ohio. Nominations can now be done completely online. To nominate a deserving teacher or student, go to ohiolottery.com. In the About section, find Partners in Education. There you will find links to the nomination forms. Students, kindergarten through 12th grade, can be academic all-stars. Teachers can be honored as a Teacher of the Month. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education, where stars shine.
Welcome back to Sports for CLE. I'm Mac Robinson. And, you know, the big news of the day has been Baker Mayfield waiting for his contract extension. Lamar Jackson was waiting for his. Josh Allen was waiting for his. Josh Allen waits no longer. Six years, $258 million to sign on the dotted line to stay in Buffalo, adding on another six years through 2028. To talk about that, let's bring in Eric Edholm of Yahoo Sports. And Eric, you know, the big domino of Josh Allen, quite literally and physically at this point, uh, has fallen. What were your initial thoughts on Josh Allen, and what do you think this does for Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson? Yeah, they're, they're certainly the next two quarterbacks in line, you would think, both from that same class. Sam Darnold obviously is, you know, in limbo at this point with the, the Carolina Panthers until proven otherwise. So I think they're the next two that you could look at and at least start with what Allen got and then make adjustments for there. It reminded me a little bit of, of what Patrick Mahomes signed, more of a long-term contract, maybe for less money or maybe by the end of the deal, we'll look at it and say, wow, Josh Allen's only the 11th highest paid quarterback because salaries continue to go up where he, not last year notwithstanding. So, you know, I guess the question is, can Baker Mayfield play at Josh Allen's level? I wouldn't say that he's quite gotten there yet, at least where Allen has been over the last, you know, year and a half or so, or, you know, the end of the 19 season um, into the, the 2020, 20 season. So, you know, Lamar is going to be a, a taste specific kind of guy, but I think obviously the Ravens have a great chance at, at resigning him for somewhat similar money, at least on, on a per year basis, maybe even a little more for a short term deal. But yeah, it all depends on what these guys comfort level is in taking a four or five year deal versus six and beyond. Are they willing to give up, you know, kind of that floor, that minimum amount of money in order to try to cash in more later down the road? Now, Eric, with what we have currently here on the roster here in Cleveland and, you know, sticking with the present, um, in, in training camp, one of the biggest stars that we've seen has been Donovan Peoples-Jones, and he seems to be taking that next leap, you know, adding on a little bit of weight constantly. It seems like every day he's making big plays. You know, for you – what were your thoughts on him coming out of Michigan? And, you know, what are your expectations going into year two for him? Do you think he can take that, you know, sophomore leap at that point? Yeah, he he was inside my top 100 last year. I want to say he was number 94, 96, somewhere in that range. So uh, I liked him a lot. And the thing about Michigan was the inconsistent quarterback play. You know, they they had trouble getting their stars the ball, especially at wide receiver <laughs> the last couple of years. A couple guys transferred out. You know, a couple were kind of going through the motions because they didn't sort of feel like they were going to be getting the ball enough. And, you know, early in the year, you know, you sort of saw Donovan Peoples-Jones being brought along slowly. They had some depth. OBJ goes down. They want a little bit more size, a little bit more explosion. They start getting them involved. And, you know, the, the touchdown against the Titans was a, <laughs> as an eye-opener. And, you know, he had some big plays. Whenever you see a uh, you know, a, a guy that size averaging uh, the yards per catch he did, what was it, over 20, I believe, uh, it, it certainly catches your attention. And, and, you know, I think last year was definitely a learning year for him, but it was so encouraging down the stretch. Even with, you know, the, the limited number of catches he made, you could see that physical prowess really coming through and his confidence seemingly gaining. So, you know, they, they clearly gave him a bigger offensive share of the load the number of snaps he got down the stretch, played a lot in the playoff games. So 
I think this year you'll see the production match those snaps. And as you said, it's sort of coming out in camp, and I think Baker, Baker trusts him. And you know, you could you could never turn down uh, that size of playmaker and guys with that kind of ability. Now, from the Browns 2020 class over to the 2021 class, you know, their first pick, Greg Newsome, you know, he was somebody I, I personally loved coming out of Northwestern. I know you're in the Chicago area, so that's right in your backyard. So, you know, what were your thoughts on Greg Newsome coming out, and how do you kind of see him fitting, you know, opposite of Denzel Ward in this defense? Yeah, he didn't play a lot last year, right? I mean, he only played five, six games, I want to say, off the top of my head. Injuries were an issue. Um, but when he did play, he played extremely well. I mean, really didn't give up many catches at all. Confident, really borderline cocky man cover corner, not blessed with incredible size, but, you know, just turned 21 years old, great fluidity. He has a little Denzel Ward in his game, I think, and, and maybe even a little bit more feisty version of him. So the number of passes he got his hands on in college, despite injuries every single season, that was really the big eye opener for me. Some people said, oh, you know, only one career pick and, you know, he's not a playmaker. I believe he will be a playmaker. Some of those deflected passes will turn into interceptions. Now, the questions about the durability, they're going to be there. Um, I think his competitiveness, his, his football temperament and his athletic traits set him up very well for success. But, you know, the best ability is availability. And I think the Northwestern coaches would have loved to have him out there more than you know 70 percent of the games or whatever he played the last three years now speaking of availability second round pick jeremiah wusukormoa he was originally placed on the uh covid list but he has practiced the past couple days eric for you do you think that for jok he's going to be able to kind of overcome that despite you know being a little bit behind the eight ball missing those first you know few days of training camp uh especially coming into his rookie season yeah, and another player with, with some durability concerns a little bit, just because of his size and his physical nature. I mean, I love both players, you know, and, and especially Jeremiah's, you know, kind of linebacker game and a safety body, and he can cover and he can drop and he can rush. And, uh, you know, another player who's going to be so valuable on third downs, I think, because of his, his flexibility. You want him to cover tight ends or backs, he can do it. You know, he could be your slot guy, too. He could be an off-the-ball linebacker. So there's a lot to get excited about. Um, you know, this is a player who enrolled in college when he was 17 years old, uh, you know, just now kind of hitting his physical prime at age 21, I would say. Uh, you know, you see the plays he makes around the line of scrimmage. There's a lot to be excited about. The medical obviously was a big part of it. I think had this been a normal draft cycle and, and the, the interruption of medical information getting into teams' hands, if that hadn't have been there, I do think he would have been closer to the first round pick that a lot of people projected than the somewhat later mid round, uh, mid second round pick that he was. So the Browns very much could have gotten a steal here. The value was absolutely there until proven otherwise. So I, I think he's got a great opportunity, but you always fear like with, um, uh, I'm blanking on the, the, the Simmons from uh, Clemson. Isaiah Simmons. Yeah. Cardinals. Yeah. Isaiah. Thank you. With the hybrid guys, when you're trying to teach them maybe four or five different positions or, or, you know, multiple roles, it can get a little hairy for some of these rookies. As, as you know, complex as that Notre Dame defense was, it's still going to be taken up a level. So maybe start them with one or two things and, and kind of branch off from there. Now, do you think that obviously we've seen the amount of versatility that the Browns have added this offseason? Do you think that too much versatility is a, a thing in today's NFL, obviously with a bunch of different players that you can kind of move around? 
it's nice to have, right? But you're you're assuming that all those players are masters of each of those positions, right? Whether you stick them at, at nickel or outside or inside or what have you. You know, not everybody can master multiple positions just because you have the athletic traits. You may even have the football intelligence, the wherewithal to do it, but you may not physically be able to. Whatever the shortcoming is, it's hard to find players who can play multiple roles very, very well. There's some guards who can play tackle, guards who can play center, et cetera, um, receivers who can play inside and out. But, yeah, I mean, I think that versatility gets stretched at some point. If you're expecting, you know, uh, everybody to, to, to play at the same level they would at their most natural or the strongest position. So it's still going to come down to what do guys do best. You know, a coach always that I talk to a lot always says, tell me what a guy can do, not what he can't do. And that'll help kind of whittle down what their assignments are going to be. Eric Adeholm and I are going to take a timeout. When we come back, we're going to be talking about which teams are getting too much love, which teams aren't getting enough love, and the ghosts of Ohio State's past, present, and future quarterback room. We'll be right back on Sports for CLE after this. For CLE, I'm Mac Robinson, and let's bring in Eric at home, Yahoo Sports, NFL draft expert uh, for Yahoo Sports. And Eric, you know, to get things started, let's start off in the NFL. What is one team that you think is getting too much love heading into the 2021 season? Well, I had you asked me prior to Carson Wentz's injury, I, I probably would have said the Indianapolis Colts, and I like this team a lot. I think it's a young, budding roster, but the unknown nature of Wentz's injury and how long, you know, five to 12 weeks, that's a pretty big span. I, I don't think that's a fair answer anymore. So I'll go to a different team and, and I'll kind of question whether, you know, the, the Carolina Panthers, they've been getting a little bit more excitement, you know, or some, some people feel like, okay, Sam Darnold gives them the playmaker they need. Joe Brady's a great play caller. You know, they've helped beef up, beef up the, uh, the defense the last couple drafts, added a few other pieces. Christian McCaffrey comes back, but to me, that's still a really tough division. I know it's a little bit unfair picking a seven and nine team, but <laughs> the number of close losses they had last year, some often with the ball in their hands with a chance to win it, where they didn't come through with the victory. I, I've seen a lot of folks out there sort of say, well, hey, those are games they can now win, but it all pins on Darnold. And I, I don't know that I'm comfortable yet going in on him and saying, oh, sure, he's going to be a clear upgrade over what Teddy Bridgewater gave to him. So, that's one that I would say is is uh, uh, on the, you know, over optimistic side of, of teams that, you know, may not quite be ready for prime time. On the opposite side, though, you know, it's hard not to get excited about all the players coming back for the San Francisco 49ers. And 
what Trey Lance could potentially give them at quarterback. I know Jimmy Garoppolo is the nominal starter right now. He may be the week one starter, but they're going to have a role for, for Trey Lance. You know, his first reps with the first team were operating some quarterback run game. I'm sure they're going to get his arm involved. He's been throwing a lot with the twos as well. And just think, you know, Nick Bosa and all those pieces they lost to injury on defense last year, they're all coming back. Kyle Shanahan, full array of weapons. I, I like this team to bounce back even in a, in a tough NFC West. You, you think that Trey Lance is, gonna, is actually in that starting competition? I know that Shanahan downplays it quite a bit, but I feel like you, you got to go with Lance. I feel like he adds more to the offense at that point. It depends where Jimmy is and whether they feel like they can kind of carve out a role for Trey and kind of build him along. Remember, he's only 20 years old. He doesn't turn 21, <laughs> I don't believe, until October 3rd or something like that. So still a very young kid, still somebody who had only 60 minutes of football last year, competitive game football last year. Um, you know, his freshman year at, at North Dakota State, they won a title, they went 16-0, but they also relied on him running the ball a lot. That's really what he's going to be sort of asked to do in a in a, a slimmed down role not too different really from what Jim Harbaugh did in San Francisco with Colin Kaepernick in his second season so I that's what I would guess things start out as and if Jimmy doesn't respond if he doesn't play well you know if there are issues with him injuries have been a problem for Jimmy you know they, they've got no choice but to turn it over to the kid and, and so far in camp I mean he's he's answered the bell I would say Speaking from one uh, rookie quarterback battle to another in Chicago, Justin Fields, Ohio State quarterback. He's facing off against the former AFC North uh, Darling. I, I don't know if I'll go that far, but Andy <laughs> Dalton, I guess. I guess Darling for other teams. Um, but Andy Dalton going in as a starter. Do you th when do you think that Justin Fields ends up taking over that job, or do you think that Andy Dalton's going to be able to hold it down? So, I, you know, Matt – Nagy, the head coach, has been pretty adamant. Andy's our starter. You know, he's of course allowed for the you know the possibility of Dalton getting hurt. Certainly possible. He's been pretty reliable in his career. Andy Dalton is actually probably a better quarterback than his reputation would suggest. He's been a little bit unfairly picked on. So, <laughs> as as good as Fields reportedly has looked, I I'll be out there next week. I haven't seen him uh, other than minicamps. So. I, I think they're going to stick with this plan and people will groan and grumble and I get it. I understand why you want to see the kid feels look good so far. People are raving about him, but I think they're going to give Dalton the opportunity to start until he shouldn't start anymore. He's got Aaron Donald in the Rams week one. I believe they faced the Bengals, his former team in week two. It, you know, if, if he were to come out of that Owen two, or get beaten up or, or just not make the right reads and, and, and throw some, you know, turn the ball over. Then they've got a decision on their hands. You know, don't forget Tyrod Taylor was the week one starter before Justin Herbert got his chance. Tom Savage started the opener a few years back instead of Deshaun Watson. We've seen this before, right? It, the leash isn't often very long, so it could be as short as a game or two provided there are no injuries. And then you just kind of go from there, right? If he can't beat the Browns early in the year, if they clobber the Bears, you know, that's the situation where I could see that the Bears the next week saying, all right, we've got to give this kid a chance. Now, going from, you know, quarterbacks pass from Ohio State to what you've got now heading into 2021, Quinn Ewers ends up uh, adjusting his uh, status. So now he's going to be uh, joining the Buckeyes heading into 2021. You already got C.J. Stroud. You got Jack Miller, Kyle McCord. 
you know, what are your thoughts on, you know, now Quinn Ewers kind of looming in that uh, Ohio State quarterback room heading into 2021? Yeah, I mean, how much can he handle right away? It's it's obviously fascinating. You know, Stroud, everybody's sort of talked about as the, the possibility, I know. And, and you know, look, it's a, it's a dream situation for most quarterbacks, right? They have some key pieces back on offense, great receivers. Uh, you know, Jeremy Ruckert, I think, is going to be great at tight end this year. You know, it, it's absolutely set up for success, you know, especially with Ryan Day calling plays. But would they turn it over to the freshman, the true freshman who – should be in high school i mean that's that's the fascinating question right now and i and i can't wait to see what they end up doing but you know obviously this is a, a buckeyes team that i think remains loaded a ton of nfl draft uh, talent as well you know smith and, and and garrett up front on defense you know the seven banks i think has is really a high ceiling if he ever kind of fulfills his potential you know even with all the losses last year this is a team to be reckoned with but like you said, everything kind of focuses on what their decision is going to be a quarterback. Eric at home, Yahoo Sports NFL draft expert. Eric, thank you so much for hopping on with me. I appreciate the time. All right, buddy. Talk to you real soon, man. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Special thanks to Eric and Cameron Justice for joining me today. On Monday, Dave Bacon back in the chair, back hosting with Mary Kay Cabot and Ellis Williams joining him. This is Mac Robinson. Thank you all for watching. Appreciate your time. Have a good weekend, Cleveland.